I'm Emily. And I'm Hannah. We are best friends and dietitians. We have a goal of challenging nutrition misinformation and fitness trends with an evidence-based approach. Each episode, we will dish up our thoughts about the latest facts on a popular health-related topic. We're the Upbeat Dietitians. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to a brand new episode of the Upbeat Dietitians podcast. Hello, everyone. Today, we are bringing you part two of our menstrual cycle series, a very exciting series we didn't know we'd find ourselves on, yet here we are. So today, we're going to talk about PMS and intuitive eating. So you already kind of knew this was coming if you listened to the last week's episode. If you haven't listened to that episode, we're going to plug it multiple times. So definitely go give it a listen. But today we're going to kind of talk about if you've ever found yourself asking, like, should I be eating this on my period? Or what do I do if all I want to eat is chocolate and like nothing else? This episode is for you. And if you have any like irregular cycles, PCOS, endometriosis, any type of diseases like that, or any type of like, um, endocrinology. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) Um, this is not a replacement for professional guidance or medical advice. Seek professionals to provide you that individualized care. We're just going to kind of hit that general topic. So let's talk about what PMS is, because that's the topic (laughs) for today. So PMS, also known as premenstrual syndrome, is kind of a combination of different symptoms that women or individuals who have a uterus get about a week or a week or two before their period. And there's a lot of like stigma around PMS. There's a lot of like stereotypes around PMS, but kind of to put it blank or point blank, Oftentimes there are increased hunger and hunger cues and cravings during this time. It's a very common symptom where people always think of like people eat women, like eating a lot more like chocolate or like, oh my gosh, I'm craving ice cream, stuff like that even more. And you're like, oh, I know my period's coming. But other symptoms of PMS include like mood swings, insomnia, social withdrawal, poor concentration, headaches, breast pain, muscle and joint pain, acne, constipation, diarrhea, gas, bloating, and swelling. It's not just kind of that hunger component people think of or like being extra moody and like mean. It can be a lot more than that and also very extreme. PMS symptoms can be, or there's a large scale of severity with it. Yeah. Yeah. I tend to get, like, I'm like a different person during this. It's super annoying. Like, I wish I could just like be my like, nice, happy self, 30 months, 30 months, 30 days out of the month, but <laughs> yeah. nope, for like a good week and a half, I'm like a raging b-hole. And I literally, I like have this, I can like see myself doing it. It's so stupid. I'm like, you're being dumb just because your period's going to start, like, stop acting like this, <laughs> but I like literally can't. It's so annoying. Yeah. It's nice from that, like self-awareness standpoint where you're like, maybe this is why I'm acting a little bit more like this. Um, but also you can't control it. So like, I know, do you ever see those TikToks where it's like, I can't ever put things into words, but they like, are like, oh my gosh, I'm being so sad. I'm upset about everything. And then they're like, oh, my period just started. That's why I see. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I always cry the day before I start my period, like (laughs) without like in, 
it's always about something really dumb. I feel like I brought up this one specific example again, we'll bring it up um, where Bobby and I were dog sitting and this dog is like massive. It's <laughs> huge. And it wanted to sleep in the bed with us. But I like, Hannah, you know, I don't sleep well when there's like other things. Yeah. I don't know a human don't love that. <laughs> the dog was taking up so much space. I had to like sleep in a different room and I started crying. <laughs> he's like what's uh, wrong he's like i'll sleep with the dog somewhere else i'm like no you don't get it and literally i started bleeding the next day yeah <laughs> so yep. it's without fail or like i feel like now it's more of like a video will get me i'm like scrolling through social mm. media and then i watch some video that's like slightly sad but not like super sad and then i'll just fall apart yep <laughs> yep mine's always like mine's always like work-related of course oh I'm I'm just not doing enough and I'm just I'm like obviously like exhausted during that week so I'm like I'm so lazy and what have I done I've done nothing I might as well just give up and just change careers I have a quarter-life crisis every single time every month I usually do (laughs) I'm always in some kind of like quarter-life crisis but it's like exponentially heightened heightened, yes oh (laughs) being a woman we love that we love that love that for us but yeah let's yeah. talk about um PMS a little bit more maybe like more objectively versus you guys just hearing our stories um <laughs> we went through all the different phases of the menstrual cycle last week and talked about we talked about cycle syncing if you didn't listen to it and how there's recommendations to adjust your diet and exercise routines and habits during each phase of your cycle including this phase which PMS tends to occur during the luteal phase. If you, you know, have regular cycles, um, this phase is about 10 to 14 days in length. It's that phase that happens like right before the actual like menstrual phase where you're like actually bleeding. So during this phase, along with those other symptoms, we lifts it off. We also start to, I can't talk today. Gosh, Cut you're doing out. so well. I <laughs> cut all that out. My words, just like my tongue, just like stopped working. Um, Along with the other symptoms we already rattled off, we, we do also experience like our energy levels decreasing. We feel more tired. We just like kind of go into a shell and withdraw ourselves. Um, and then, like we said, we kind of notice like, oh, <laughs> I'm going to start bleeding soon if you notice this routine there. Yeah. So luteal phase is where this usually happens, I guess, is my <laughs> main point there. Yes. So let's talk about kind of nutrition and PMS recommendations. And I know there's like a lot around like hormone health and like hormone and nutrition manipulation and stuff like that, that we talked a lot more about probably last up last episode, a little bit more, but we're going to specifically talk about PMS because there's been a lot of conversations around like eating different things to manage your PMS symptoms and nutrition cannot prevent PMS. You can't eat a certain way and you'll just get rid of all the symptoms or that phase. It's hormones are very influential and very strong. And it's not something that food can change, but there are some food choices that might be able to relieve some of these symptoms, not get rid of them. So One of the biggest things, if you experience a lot of like swelling or bloating is to be mindful of your sodium intake. Sodium retains a lot of fluids, makes us feel a little bit more bloated, makes us feel a little bit more swollen. 
So if you're a little bit, if you know you're more susceptible to these symptoms, being mindful of your sodium intake might help relieve some of those symptoms. Do you get bloated? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Say I my, feel like I get more bloated PM during PMS in my period. Oh, me too. And Except I'm for like, the first day, like the first day I'm so uncomfortable, but yeah. Um, same like the week before I'm just like puffy. Sometimes I'm like, did I eat something weird? I'm like, no, my, I'm about to drop an egg soon. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's one way to put it. Yeah. No. Yeah. I feel like, okay. Side note, I won't go really into this, but I think we should do an episode on bloating. Cause I feel like bloating is like the new thing that like is the cure all. I have it on our list to have a gut health dietitian, preferably like an anti-diet one. Um, yes. I have one, someone in mind. I'll talk to you about it. Okay. Off air. Cool. <laughs> you guys will have to come back to find out who it yeah. is. <laughs> okay, cool. Perfect. Cause I know like there's so much discussion around like bloat and I feel like, I don't know. I I'm going to save it because I have a lot of thoughts about bloating and also like personal experiences with it. So I'm like, we'll save it. But I yeah. want to talk about it. Cause I know it's all the rave and what's being fixed right now. Yeah. So we talked about sodium. Another thing is if you might experience like a lot of mood swings or just like mood changes in general, maybe not even swings, you just like get in a certain mood or insomnia, (laughs) limiting caffeine and alcohol could be beneficial because let's, let's put, make an example, a very simple example. If you struggle to fall asleep leading up to your period caffeine is going to make it harder to fall asleep so you already have this hormonal change that's happening that makes it a little bit more challenging and then that caffeine is just gonna exasperate that even more and then from the alcohol standpoint that acts as a depressant so caffeine is a stimulant which could affect your sleep alcohol is depressant which could affect your mood and your sleep potentially too so limiting intake of those be yeah. Alcohol, I understand it to be where it helps you fall asleep, but it tends to disrupt like how well you stay asleep. So the yeah. two of those can just be a killer combo if you already are struggling with insomnia, which I struggle with that too, actually. Not I wouldn't call it insomnia. Oh, really? I'm always a good sleeper, but my sleep isn't as good like the week before my period. Um I just like notice like I can't like stay asleep as well. I don't know why. Do you ever experience that? My sleep normally isn't affected as much. No, I'm trying Which to I'm like, glad, but I'm trying to correlate it to that. It tends to be like around that time, but also with Ross's weird schedule, like that plays a role too. Like our routine is just like, it's not consistent yeah. at all. Additionally, something else. So we talked about sleep and moods and swelling and bloating. Additionally, something that can worsen PMS symptoms is there some research that indicates like a calcium deficiency can worsen symptoms. So like this is if you like didn't eat a lot of like milk or yogurt or almonds or kale or beans or fortified foods or like such as like soy milk or tofu growing up during that very important growth phase with calcium, but also just in general, like calcium maintenance after bone development is important because calcium is very important despite what 
diet culture likes to say. Um, and if you have lactose issues like myself, it's not an excuse. You can get it from <laughs> almonds, kale, beans, or those fortified foods. So, whoa, you're being <laughs> real, real hard ass today. Yes. <laughs> no <Yeah>. excuses. <laughs> you can get your calcium in. Yeah. They've got all kinds of lactose free stuff these days. We've discussed yes. this. Yes. Yeah. So that's an interesting tidbit that I feel like no one really talks about is the calcium deficiency and how that could potentially affect your PMS symptoms. So yeah, eat your calcium, eat your calcium. Mm -hmm. And similarly B6, vitamin B6. There was also research that shows that getting adequate vitamin B6 in can help with those symptoms as well, as well as actually pre-menstrual depression, which I actually wonder if that's what I have because I go through that crisis. Oh, I'm like, yeah, it's not good. Um, but like it gets, it gets better. Like after my period's over, like I said, I wouldn't say this, but I'm going to say it. I am on like day four of my period today, <laughs> which, okay. I don't even know why I was worried about it because we don't post these live. Like they have no, no idea when we record this versus no. when it comes out. <laughs> but for everyone like, on the edge of their seat, people are tracking your period. Yeah. <laughs> right. To steal my identity, according to me. <laughs> I think the reason I was so nervous about it was because I was PMSing when we recorded oh. that I was going through my premenstrual yeah. depression phase and I was just really nervous yeah. about announcing to the world that yeah. I did indeed get my period. I was thinking of the case. I feel like I'm on a much more like exaggerated side like you're on the side of like stealing identities i'm on the <laughs> side of like people are selling our information about our periods because you know like a lot of period apps like have like when roe v wade got overturned mm. a lot of period apps came out that like they like would sell our information oh yeah i forgot about all that's that. where i was thinking i was like what if someone like we like mentioned we miss a period and someone reports us to the government well not that any of you would no. But what if a hater listens and we're at minute 15 and they're like, I'm going to report it. <laughs> I don't even know. Yeah. That's well, now I regret my decision. But you don't know yeah. when we're recording this. I was going to tell yeah. you that we're close to a certain holiday, but I'm not going to tell you that anymore. A mystery holiday. You don't know which one. No. <laughs> it could be. September right now when we record this for all you know yeah it could be fourth of July yeah could be Christmas be Christmas New Year's Thanksgiving a little or Labor Day MLK. recording yeah not gonna get me no period app weirdos <laughs> um anyway yes. vitamin b6 <laughs> can it help with PMS symptoms and premenstrual depression vitamin b6 foods would be like very specific pistachios, turkey, garbanzo beans, bananas, potatoes, and then cereals are often fortified too with a lot of different vitamins, actually. Yeah. It big B6 fan. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you remember like all the different B vitamin names? Remember how we had to like memorize all of those? I could not tell you. I don't think I could tell I couldn't you. tell you a single one. I don't know. I think I could tell you some of them, but I can't match them to that's what I'm saying. I could like say the oh, names no. maybe a couple, but I had no idea which ones go with which. No. Why do we have to learn all that? The other day I was talking to someone that I work with who did not go to Purdue. They went to it was either someone who went to IU or someone who went to like a more local school around here. It's a smaller school. 
And they were shocked to learn that we had to memorize like the entire, like choose your foods exchange. I'm not even surprised list. That like they're like, a- why did you have to learn every single thing in there? I'm like, cause I went to Purdue. That's why. Yes. That. Yep. That sums us up very so well. It was just us. No one else did that besides us. I don't think I retained like any of that except for like the I generic. Like- <laughs> it's stuck in my brain forever. Well, there's ever a test or like, a, that's the thing is a, I'll never have to know this information, but Purdue really made sure it took up space in my brain that I now have less room for more important things for. I could be taking people's period information and selling it on the <laughs> internet and becoming rich, but no, instead I'm being a dietitian who understands the carbohydrates in a potato. <laughs> Thanks, Purdue. Oh man. We're going to get our degrees revoked one of these days. From all no, the shit we I'd talk. like to see them try. We volunteer our time for them. That's true. Although that's our, apparently our alumni duty. That's true. <laughs> so whatever. It's okay. We got our trans. We got our, de- we don't need transcripts anymore. That's like the main thing they, unless they like publicly denounce us or like. Who? Purdue? Yeah. <laughs> podcast stars emily and hannah are officially (laughs) like a public statement they're like we do not affiliate ourselves with these two we we do not claim them as boilermakers gosh they like make us like cut ties and we can't say produce name ever again (laughs) we can claim that we ever went there (laughs) we have friends we'll get back in don't worry no yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah we know people we do know people i also feel like they have bigger fish to fry, hopefully. I don't think they're too worried about us. No one's listening to this podcast that had any kind of power to do that. To excommunicate us. From, yeah. From the land of West Lafayette. You know, <laughs> Purdue's a really nice big school, but I always forget that it's in West Lafayette. I know. Sad. A little guy. Yeah. You know what? Any press is good press, so they should be happy. <laughs> We're talking about that. They should be. Although I don't think Purdue needs our <laughs> they our don't need ads. Our... <laughs> You're right. This is this is not sponsored. <laughs> Purdue is definitely not paying us. Even when we do them a favor, they still don't pay us. <laughs> it's fine. <sighs> Maybe someone with power will listen to this and they'll be like, hey, Emily and Hannah they're doing good things let's let's pay them to come back <laughs> yeah yeah anyway anyway let's talk about let's tie intuitive eating into this yes. as we always do so we have a few um kind of just general ideas of how intuitive eating and being a menstruating person can kind of come together I think I said this last week in some way, probably in a very roundabout way as I do, but intuitive eating is all about like listening to your body and not following rules and strict guidelines, which is really great because those of us who menstruate go through various cyclical symptoms and feelings of like energy and mood and all of that. And so diets don't tend to work for us very well because diets lay it all out. where like, you must do the exact same thing every single day. And if you don't, you're a failure quotes, if you're not watching this. Um, so intuitive eating is great for that because 
you can't do it wrong. There aren't strict rules. It's a lot more conducive to the cyclical pattern we kind of go through. Um, but our first general tip is to honor those cravings. So, um, we said in the beginning, like you might feel like, oh my gosh, all I want to do is eat chocolate all the time. I'm just starving. Whether it's like when you're PMSing or getting your actual period, it's going to be important to like eat more during that time. Our, our, met, our oh my gosh, uh, I can't talk today. It's so annoying. Like I have a podcast and I like, can't talk. I wish we could record at like 8am. I'm going to be, I'd be a different person. There. It'll be be a new podcast. (laughs) I know we're going to top the charts. Um, our metabolism actually does increase slightly during this time. So that could be a reason why you feel hungry along with other hormonal changes too, which could be part of those cravings that you often feel. Um, but we have to honor those cravings. If we ignore them, they just get worse. And what tends to happen is if we are super duper, super duper judgmental about it and being like, Oh gosh, why did I do that? that was so wrong. We tend to just like keep doing it. It's like this like rebellious phase we go through, but if you kind of just allow it to happen and don't judge yourself, you might find that you are satisfied eating a little bit less and you can kind of navigate it a little bit easier than you would if you were punishing yourself the entire time. Yeah. And just to piggyback off that, like eating less, if you try to like substitute your craving with like a quote unquote healthier version or like some spinoff version of like, maybe you're craving a Snickers bar and you're like, well, I can't have a Snickers bar. I'll have a date, a butter, because it's like a healthier version. You won't satisfy that because you'll be thinking about like, oh my gosh, this, this isn't a Snickers, but it's healthier. And then you'll end up eating more. So just like honor the craving and move on. All right. Our next one is to be mindful of emotional eating. Uh, This one happens too. Like we said, you can be a little bit moodier during this time of the month and you might just have feelings that are even more triggering to eat than maybe you normally do. So the big reminder is to try not to eat your feelings, even though it's really, really hard. But we do also want to say too, that it is okay to eat emotionally, as long as it's not our only coping skill that we have. If once in a while, it really does just feel good to eat a Snickers bar, like eat a Snickers bar, it's totally fine. But if whenever we feel any kind of negative emotion, we want to soothe, we turn to food versus like having other tools in the toolbox, that's when it might become problematic. Yeah. We have an entire episode on emotional eating. So we'll include that in the show notes as well. And we have a blog post too. We never really plugged the blogs, but we'll include them both in the bio. And yeah, I'm a big, I'm a big emotional eater on my mm. period. I get like, I eat more when I'm sad. I tend to get sad on my period. Yeah. It's tough, I, but also I'm not, I don't experience the guilt. I just like wallow in my sadness, <laughs> but then I'm happy. Those <laughs> Yeah. That's the key. That's the key. I just feel like actually like really hungry. Like mine's not emotional eating. I don't tend to cope with food very much in terms of like emotional eating. I'm just like starving. Like I cannot like stop feeling hungry. (laughs) Yeah. Like I'm eating like every hour. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And then 
the last kind of component to incorporate is movement. So we talked a lot about this in our last episode with cycle syncing and kind of like, should you change your exercise around what menstrual or what phase of your menstrual cycle you're in? And the first and kind of foremost component to incorporate and like think about is just listening to your body, kind of what do I think my body can take on right now? Gauging our energy levels. Oftentimes our energy levels might be a little bit lower because we're losing a lot of oxygen because the blood is going away, which is one of the biggest transporters of oxygen in our body. So it's very natural to feel more tired. So maybe if you're like, you had a really intense workout schedule, then you're just not feeling that honor your body's cues. Don't push yourself too far. You can always do like yoga or something a little bit more lower intensity, incorporating some of that gentle movement or no exercise at all is completely okay. You have to listen to your body. We don't want you to pass out. That's like one of the biggest things we do not want on your period (laughs) is don't overwork yourself. And then from kind of the side of like, that's listening to your body from the side of like using exercise as a punishment. If you ate maybe some like foods that you feel a lot more guilty eating, and then you're like thinking, oh my gosh, I have to exercise to make up for those calories and burn those calories that I ate with the cravings. That's not intuitive. It's very much setting up the like exercise as a punishment mindset and punishing yourself with like exercise in general and making up with that food component is just not listening to your body or intuitively honoring your body's health. Yeah. Agreed. The first day of a period, not doing anything. I, there's no way I can do any kind of movement that day. I, I didn't bring this up last time, but I experienced the weirdest thing where I feel more motivated to work out like the couple of days before my period starts. I don't <laughs> like it's happening to me right now where I'm like really motivated to go like running and what? go sign up for the gym. And then it happens almost every time. And then I period and then it, it all goes away. It doesn't make, it doesn't it's make so it so weird. Sense. It's so annoying <laughs> that we have to deal with this. I know. Imagine like your hormones cycling in a 24 hour period instead of like a 30 day period. Oh, that'd be nice. Dream. You know what to expect every day. Yeah. Um, have you ever passed out before? Yes. Why? How? I need the whole story. <laughs> I'm trying to, I'm trying to think if this happened. I feel like it's happened twice. It's happened at least once. And it was when I was on my period mm. and I was very dumb learn from me. I was, I, I remember it so distinctly. It was, I was, I also can't speak. <laughs> so I know it's like 7 PM guys. In, so no, yeah. We're surviving, not yeah. thriving. <laughs> in high school, my, I was in band and we had to march for the Memorial day parade. And it was like, well known every year. The Memorial day parade was horrible. Cause it was like 75 80 degrees out we're in our like very heavy uniforms like they normally let us take off our jackets because like so many is like known people pass out at this every year I was on my period I didn't eat anything 
And then I was standing in this heat and literally I was in the front row because I was like a squad leader. And all I remember is like, it's starting to go black. And one of my friends who's the drone major started to walk in front of me. And then I like, don't remember anything. And then I remember I was sitting on a chair on the side next to my one of my other like good friends and we passed out. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I don't know how I didn't drop my clarinet. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I was thinking about. I'm like, how did this not break? (laughs) Oh my God. Also how embarrassing that I was like a senior and one (laughs) of like the band leaders you so did you like have, fall to the ground or like I I think I started to fall forward and up, like the three people around me like caught me. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> not great. Would not recommend. Oh, one other time. This is a shorter one. I was on my period and I came out of a shower that was really hot. Ugh. And I like had to like lay on the ground because I <laughs> did not I was blacking out. <laughs> How did I not drop my clarinet? <laughs> a very serious question. Oh, that's I funny. Think, I mean, it's not I mean, funny, but looking back. Looking back, it's kind of funny. But like during it, I was like, why was I? The shower one, I don't know what I was supposed to do there. Maybe take a less hot shower. The band one, there was many ways I could have avoided that by like eating. But that's probably the number one way I could have avoided that maybe drinking some water I don't even know if I drank any water that day oh my gosh it's crazy how your body will retaliate if you don't get what it needs <laughs> it really shut <gasps> I've experienced the bathroom before where like I've taken like a really hot bath I love mm-hmm. like Ross gets so mad because I like scald myself I take a bath or a shower like boiling water only yeah but if I do a bath, I just sit in it and like literally boil myself for 30 minutes and I like get really faint and it's not good. I'm like a little lobster just <laughs> getting all cooked up in there. Some Hannah soup. <laughs> That's so funny. I haven't fainted though, but. How do you not just like pass on it? I haven't yet, yeah. but like I get, like my head kind of hurts a little bit. I'm dizzy for a while. Mm-hmm. I like can't get dressed. I'm just like too hot. I've like just been naked for a while. <laughs> no, that was literally me at the shower. I was like <laughs> sprawled out. I'm like nothing touched me. I need to get the tile right I now. <laughs> like sweating. Even I just took a bath to like clean off, but I'm like drenched in sweat now. <laughs> I don't know why I have to do that. Like it has to be hot or else it's not enjoyable. No, I feel like that's something I've heard so much with like girls in general. Like, have you ever seen the TikToks? Another TikTok. Oh yeah. Or it's always like the girls, like when you feel the temperature, it's like, like literally on fire. (laughs) That's me. Like I'm roasting in there. My skin is like red when I get out of the shower. (laughs) It's not good. I hate being cold. Fun fact about me. I hate being cold. I don't know why I live in the Midwest. It's it's bad. I I also shower like twice a day in the sun or in the winter because I just want to be warm. <laughs> Our water bill is like way higher in the winter than it is in the summer. You should come visit me. We don't have to pay for water. And I fully take advantage of that. Oh, yeah. I would shower like eight times a day if that was the case. I do not feel upset about like long showers or like, I'm, not that I like wash dishes too long, but like stuff like that where I'm yeah. like, 
we don't pay for it. Although sometimes I wonder, I understand what gas really goes into. And I'm like, is the heat from the water contributing to our gas bill though? I feel like it is. Maybe a little. Yeah. I think so. But we don't, you should come visit. You can shower here. <laughs> as much I just as you want. do a little four hour drive for some showers. <laughs> there's like a weekend you're like no it's gonna be cold <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's like driving the cold for four hours <laughs> i'll do it to come see you but it's not worth it for the hot shower <laughs> that's fair that's fair. Uh, that's funny yeah it's it's pretty it's pretty hot my skin's yeah. just gonna boil off but it's fine it's fine Okay. Um, this far. Yeah. Bottom line of today's episode. Intuitive being's great. <laughs> you all knew we were going to say that. Um, it's a great fit for our menstruating folks because again, it like allows you to ebb and flow with like your food choices and your exercise routines, all those things that we can't expect to be consistent when our hormone levels are always changing. Our energy levels are always changing. So it's, it's good to have an approach that kind of supports all those things ebb and flowing. Yeah. And that doesn't have strict rules. That yeah. kind of allows you to individualize it, which we're all about individualization here. Yes. So let's talk about our bonus question. And I don't think I know the answer to this but I'm going to, we're going to ask it. So the bonus question today is, would you rather bleed for 14 consecutive days or experience 13 days of really PMS symptoms and one day of bleeding? Wait, so is the first one you bleed for 14 days, but have no PMS symptoms? That's what I'm thinking right now. I'm going to say like minimal, like some like casual Casual bleeding, <laughs> casual mood swings. But like the opposite is like intense PMS, like really intense PMS with like, let's say like a one regular day. We won't make it a heavy day. For the uh, I don't know. Okay. Would you rather bleed for 14 days and have a minimal <laughs> PMS? Apparently we can't take it off the table. Evidently. No. That'd just be too good to be true. <laughs> Or 13 days of really bad PMS and one day of bleeding. Gosh, I don't know. I feel like I already experienced the 13 days of really bad PMS. And then I also bleed for like seven days. So would you rather just have one day of bleeding then? Because then you're already experiencing the symptoms. Or maybe I'm just, maybe I'm just sad in general. Maybe it's not PMS. Something very plausible. Time for therapy. <laughs> um... The bleeding's really annoying. Yeah, okay, I'm gonna go with that one. 13 days of really bad PMS. I feel like I already experienced that. And then one day of bleeding. Okay. What are your thoughts? I feel like that's also gonna be my answer because I'm currently on like nine or 10 days of bleeding and I hate it Ugh. so much. I like get so annoyed that I'm like, why are you still here? Right, why? like you have no business at this point. Like you've done yeah. what you have to do. Yeah. I feel like the symptoms are, I don't, I think I'm going to go with the symptoms and then yeah. the one day of bleeding. Cause like I can handle being 
bloated and moody and fatigued. But if I only have to bleed for one day, oh, can you imagine? That's going to save me money. <laughs> that's true. And we might we'll just be gone. We might lose our relationships, but at least we'll save some money. <laughs> Maybe lose our jobs, you know. Become antisocial for 13 days. Now I have to talk to anyone. I'm it's telling like you, a- I feel like I already do that. So what's the difference? I feel like. I didn't even realize I do this, but now that we're going over it, like the social withdrawal is something I like definitely experience. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, no I, friends for half the month. <laughs> I, I literally already feel that way. So that one I can't relate to. Don't ever talk to me ever. <laughs> you know, that, that trend, not you guys didn't mean you guys. Yeah. Not you guys. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everyone else, though, if you're listening to this, don't talk to me for 13 days. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you which 13. No. It's like a roulette. If you get me on a bad day, I'm just going to ignore yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> so you won't know if it's PMS related or just in general, don't want to talk to you. Yeah. I've gotten in my old age pretty good at just being like I don't want to talk to you so I just ignore people (laughs) yeah cool Hmm. so that's PMS riveting intuitive eating a very fun topic we're out here normalizing periods that's what actually the point of the series is what else can we talk about let us know guys I I can't think of another topic we could do a part three I don't know what we do it on though. Is there like a period dietitian? I feel like there's got to be someone. Well, there's like PCOS. That's true. I do want to do a PCOS episode actually. So that, that could be, be a part three. Let's just yeah. make it a menstrual series and we'll bring on all the people. Yeah. I have a PCOS yeah. anti-diet person too. Stay tuned. Okay. Stay tuned for gut and stay tuned for PCOS exciting exciting cool thank you for listening to today's episode guys we appreciate you hanging around and listening to us talk about our painting <laughs> stories <laughs> and pms symptoms hopefully some of this was relatable send us some comments on the website on where we post the episode because we'd love to hear if you've also fainted uh, <laughs> or what you would rather experience 14 days of bleeding in that or 13 days of symptoms and then one day of bleeding because we want to know dying to know (laughs) thanks for listening we'll see you next week bye guys thank you so much for tuning in on this episode of the upbeat dietitians with your host emily krause and hannah thompson we appreciate you all so much for continuing to support us In order to support us and sustain the success of this podcast, please subscribe and leave a rating and review. If you'd like to provide us feedback for future episodes and guest stars, follow us on Instagram at The Upbeat Dietitians. Lastly, you can show us support by providing a monthly donation using the link at the end of our bio. Once again, thank you so much for listening today and stay tuned next Wednesday for a new episode. Until then, we hope you have a wonderful rest of your week.